From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. And I'm thrilled to welcome Evan Horowitz, who's the CEO and co-founder of Movers and Shakers. And we've had Evan on before, yes. and we invited him back because we love him. Of course. Him. Yeah, welcome, Evan, to welcome our to show. So glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So according to our notes, you joined us back in February 2021. So that's like, what, two years? Like exactly two years ago. Two years ago. So what have you been up to? Yeah. (laughs) It's been a wild ride. You know, the first time that we met, uh, our company was only a few years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, since that time, we've quadrupled the size of the company and greatly expanded the work that we're doing. So excited to reconnect. Yeah. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about your legacy before we get to your new stuff, because I remember from the first talk, there was like, there's pretty interesting things. And your company is Movers and Shakers, and you kind of take a different approach. And I think one of your famous campaigns was the ELF campaign. I don't know if that's the, that's one of your iconic campaigns, I think. Yes. Um, sure. But you want to talk a little bit about, I mean, I'm sure that's still growing, so maybe you're still doing great things for them. But talk a little bit about your approach and why it's different, and then we can talk a little bit about some of the new stuff. Yeah, great question. Uh, We're a creative agency built for this new era of social first, lo-fi authenticity. And we're a creative agency founded by myself and my partner, who neither of us have ever worked at an agency before we decided to start one. Um, An unusual collision of expertise. I've been a marketer my whole career, um, but always on the brand side, branding P&Ls. And my co-founder, who is also my husband, by the way, Mm -hmm. it comes from the Broadway world. So we have just very different perspective on things. And you know, fast forward, we've been one of the fastest growing companies in America, one of the top 100 fastest growing companies wow. three wow. years in a row now, according that's to the cool. Inc. 5000. Yeah. Five, oh, that's so incredible. I think reinventing the wheel seems to be working, but we have <laughs> clearly a different take on how to make a brand culturally relevant, especially mm-hmm. with that Gen Z or millennial customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk a little yeah. bit just about ELF. What, yes. Talk And, and also build to, the, to, to Barbara's point, Evan, this approach, it's a new approach. It's digital first. It's young consumers, how they consume is different. So talk about how and the creator economy. the creator economy, all these things. Please school us on these on these topics. Sure, sure. Where to start? Yeah, <laughs> where well, to start? Um, <laughs> you need a lot of help, America. I, I know, right? First, Americas. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Put away your eight track tape. And uh... <laughs> yeah, well, I think you know the the industry is in the middle of a big shift from a TV first marketing model, which was pioneered, I don't know, in the Mad Men era, right? And right. now all <laughs> of a sudden, the rug is being pulled right. out. From, yeah, yes. the rug is being pulled out, and we're now in a social first marketing era. And I think some brands get it, and they're leading, and they're mm. winning, and they're stealing market share. And mm. a lot of brands are really struggling with that. And I mm. think. Movers and Shakers has grown up from scratch in this social first era. And so our North Star is how do we make a brand more culturally relevant, more buzzy, more cool, especially Mm. with that younger Gen Z or millennial audience. Mm. And increasingly Gen Alpha is interesting as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just a different model where it's really focused on how does the brand integrate into the cultural conversations Mm. of their customers Mm -hmm. so that you're no longer an advertiser talking at them, Mm. right? And saying, this is our message commercial break, right? But you're actually <laughs> integrating into the day-to-day cultural conversations that are happening on mm, social so that you appear in a really authentic way for your customers. And that's a hard switch 
for a lot of brands to make, but that's also why Movers of Jakers has been so successful because mm. we coach them in how to do that. Wow. Whether you're an, an upstart brand that's just getting traction or you're a hundred year old brand that really needs ready to pivot the way that you show up in the market. Actually, I have a slide that okay. shows that because I talk about traditional advertising, but you create content and you try to get it into the conversation. Yes, and by, but when you say slide, you're talking about your class, just so the listener, because oh, oh, yeah. you just said, I have a slide. That's, <laughs> yeah. so they know what you're that's talking. floating yes. in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it is something that in your I use class, in my you, class. You talk about this. And what does that slide say? It's for context. Um, yeah, so in my slide, in my Marketing 101 class, to be precise, uh-huh. when I talk about advertising, I talk about traditional advertising, which, by the way, to your point, I say, how many people in this class like advertising? And everybody, boo, we hate it. We mm-hmm. don't want it. But obviously, that's not true. They right. don't like bad advertising. Right. And so I have this slide, which shows advertising content, and then you try to create a conversation and then I have and the arrows are going that way and then I use the power of PowerPoint to animate my arrows uh-huh. turn them around wow. and I start with the conversation Barbara you're very proud of this about, slide yeah, aren't you it's a very good slide <laughs> it's a great slide it has animation and all kinds <laughs> yeah, it's of really but it, good. it transforms into what into this idea yeah. of you start with the conversation ah. and then you figure out how to fit into the conversation ah. I don't know if that's exactly what you're saying but that's kind of how I talk about it yeah. And I think that's a really different way of looking at it. And the reason I brought up this famous slide is it really is like 180 degrees out of sync. It's exactly the opposite opposite. way of looking at it. So I could imagine that it is difficult. Just like, you know, if if you're in the classroom, instead of me getting in the front and telling them what to think about, you know, it's asking my students, what do you want to talk about? Let me see if I can fit into your world. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And and we do try to teach like that, frankly. We do. do, But that is a very different way to do it is that a fair analogy yeah. and, and then to build metaphor? and then to build on barbara's question evan get, can talk us through how you identify the right conversation to try to integrate into because there's lots of conversations that are happening in the marketplace how do you help the brand to barbara's point figure out this is the conversation that really fits authentically with where you need to try to amplify your cultural relevance how does that happen and maybe you can give us an example of that yeah, great questions. Um, first of all, I, I love that model, Barbara, and we have a, ser- a similar story that we teach our clients. So we talk about being a brand in culture is kind of like being a guest showing up to a party. Mm. And this is a great metaphor because uh. a lot of brands show up as that awkward party guest that's just hanging out on the side of the room because nobody wants to talk to them because all <laughs> they want to talk about is themselves. And unfortunately, that's how so many brands show yeah. up is you, yes. you have your compelling reasons to buy and you're just trumpeting those. And the bigger the brand gets, the more there's management pressure just, and it, and it becomes so awkward. And so you're that party guest that nobody wants to talk to. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of advertising is like that. Mm-hmm. And it's honestly just a waste of money for the brand to be putting that out there because mm-hmm. at, at best, nobody listens. At worst, it just makes you look out of out of touch, right? right, right. So you move up from there to be a brand who is welcome at the party. Uh-huh. This is the next level. This is a brand that when you talk, you talk in a way that's, that is other people there are talking. So, hey, we're happy to talk to you and, and hear about you know what you're doing. Moving up from there, you can become a cool brand. This is a brand that that's actually is really <laughs> additive to that conversation, right? right and right. people are curious, they're leaned in because not only are you talking in a way that's relevant, you're talking about, about things that are really interesting to that audience. And that's your question, America, which I'll get to in a sec. Mm-hmm. 
the top of this pyramid, as we as we describe it, you're the MC of the party. Ah. And this is the brand that everybody just can't wait till you throw your next party because you're the brand who's actually throwing the party. That's Taylor Swift. And some Swift. brands like yeah. L. Yeah. yeah, Taylor Swift certainly is that. Yeah. But on the brand yeah. side, you know, somebody like L, who we've been working with for many years, they're that. the MC. And everybody just can't wait to see what I they're going to do I love that metaphor. Next. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Or analogy. L and yeah. Did Elf start out that way, or did they get interesting because they listened and mm. figured out what people? Ha- because you can imagine it both ways. If sure. you're talk- if you're going to go all the way up to the very coolest person, sometimes the coolest person actually is just cool because they have these cool ideas. Sometimes they're cool because they're very good listeners. Mm. And I wonder, in Elf's case in particular, how did they happen? Yeah, Elf's a great story, and listening is such a key. So Elf is, I think, about 18 years old now. It's, it's one of the first digitally native beauty brands, and it started with a bang. The original idea was anybody should get, be able to get good quality cosmetics for a dollar. Started online back when that was really an early idea. Mm. They lost their way, and about, I don't know, five, six years ago, you can see that in their sales. It's you know public information. It's public company. It really leveled out. And so they had a brand recharge starting in about 2019. And that also is when they met Movers and Shakers. We met them. We started working with them. And since then, Elf has just skyrocketed 19 quarters of consecutive sales growth. And they've moved from number eight to number one, most popular beauty brand among teens. Mm. And that really, Barbara, to your point, that comes from listening and really engaging in with the community where they're at, especially that Gen Z audience Mm -hmm. is where they started, but now broadening out because Elf is really... Their, their, their tagline is for every eye, lip, and face. So it's a, they have a very diverse audience. Mm. Um, but listening to what they want, engaging with them in an authentic way, amplifying the community's voices, and mm-hmm. that really has paid dividends, both in just the popularity and the fandom around the brand, as well as the sales. And you know, we're proud so, of Movers and Shakers to be a part of that. So Excellent. let's talk about another model. So in that model, they can listen, and they can create new product and then communicate new benefits because of the nature of the category. You've also worked with Netflix, which I think has a different model because Netflix has the media that they have and now they're going to try to get out those trailers and get people interested in what they have. It's a little bit different of an advertising issue, isn't it? Um, but I think you were successful through TikTok and different campaigns for Netflix. Can can you talk a little bit about the, the way you worked that campaign? Mm. Yeah, well, uh, we've done a lot of work for for Netflix as well. And and it's the same principle. It's how do you integrate into the cultural conversations of the audience, right? And how do you do that in an authentic way? So one of our um, early campaigns for Netflix was also in the early days of TikTok. And we invented with them the first TikTok native movie trailers. So where uh, most studios were oh, just recutting a vertical version of yes. the trailer, which is fine, but it just doesn't really land on social. We mm-hmm. actually worked with the talent, this was for the movie Red Notice. They had The Rock and yes. Ryan Reynolds. And yes, that's Gal a fantastic Gadot. movie, by the way. And yes. we actually yes. created new trailers integrating these oh, wow. A-list Hollywood yeah. celebrities yeah. with A-list TikTok influencers Interesting. and co-created something that really felt authentic mm-hmm. in that social platform. Interesting. And that was explosive, right? And helped propel Red Notice to become one of the, the actually at the that. time it was their uh, highest watched movie ever. Yeah, that's um, super interesting. And But again, the theme is the same is how do you meet the audience where they're at, speak with them in a really authentic way at a time when the competitors were still just kind Doing of talking said. in a yeah. different medium, a <laughs> yeah. TV centric, you know, or, or yeah. trailer, and then just trying to force that force into, it into a it. different channel. Yep. So, That's okay, so like these are older campaigns. So 
now you're 2023 and TikTok. 2024. Is, tw- oh, we're for about 30 days. But, yeah. you know, who's okay. counting? Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. All right, 2024, <laughs> have it your way. <laughs> hey, the calendar says what it says. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, I yeah. mean, TikTok's changed somewhat. It's gotten mm. more and more sophisticated. Mm. I noticed like a couple months ago, they opened TikTok shop. Mm. So they're mm-hmm. really getting very commercial themselves. It's quite clear what they're out for. People use TikTok in different ways than they did even two years ago. It's becoming the new search engine uh, oh. and it's really, really a different... Google's watching. You know, TikTok's really moving fast. So has that changed any of your campaigns or any of the things that you've been doing more, more recently? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, TikTok is more the center of culture than ever before. Mm. And to your point, they're really leading and collapsing the funnel so that you can go oh. from discovering a new product or brand to purchasing it within literally minutes sometimes, right? And so that's a really exciting opportunity for marketers now. So if you can drive cultural relevance on that platform in a way that also gets people excited about the product, you can drive conversions very quickly. And TikTok Shop in particular is a really new, exciting tool. We've been pioneering that with some of our clients and um, having a lot of success at getting people excited to buy the product directly. And the checkout now is so easy that it's a very seamless experience. Well, does that change? uh, Now, this is America's question. Does that change your (laughs) metrics? You know, are you like now measuring success of these is how fast you get to conversion? Mm. It can, you know, and I think uh, there's, there's work at all parts of the funnel. But one opportunity that we definitely see is to drive conversion through social shopping. And I think that's still in its infancy right now in our experience, but my prediction is it's going to grow a lot in 2024. Um, and certainly in coming years, social shopping is going to become mm. increasingly the way that more and more commerce is, is done. Instagram really pioneered that. But I think TikTok, with the trend that it's on, Barbara, to your point about the investment in technology that they're making, um, I think it can pass Instagram e- in the coming, even in this year, in terms of the ease of, of purchase experience. Mm. Wow. And then the content, because it's video first, can be much more compelling from a sales perspective. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity there, but we're just scratching the surface right now. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how fast like the big players can change. You know, yeah. you're talking about TikTok taking on Google and Instagram. I mean, and Meta, you know, it's just kind of amazing because those those companies are so big you figure they were going to be big forever and now all of a sudden there's a new sheriff in town yes yes evan i want to go back to a quick point and sort of talk about the dark side of pursuing uh cultural relevance can you give us you know sort of the things that you should never screw up like what are the what are the dangers of of you know fully embracing a cultural relevance first approach. Can you talk us through like the things that you and your team have learned to say that, you know, these are the things, these are the three or four things that you have to be super careful of, because this will be the mistake that can really undo all of the importance of what would make this approach effective. Well, I would question the premise a little bit, because I do want to be encouraging to brands and say, you know what, like, <laughs> it's pretty unlikely you're going to seriously put your foot in your mouth. And okay. I, in, in general, our message of movers and shakers to brand leaders is take a risk. Okay. And I think overall, oh, nice. that's yeah, yeah. the message that's important for people here. Now, of course, there's some hot buttons, you know, and any sort of social issue that you could really get your foot in your mouth about. I can about. think, a lot. Be- <laughs> I can think of about 10 yeah. right now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm not, not to rule those out. But I think in general, what we see is just a real reticence to push themselves creatively. Mm. And that's where brands would do well to stretch and just try something. You know, mm-hmm. if you put out a TikTok or a reel or, or, or an X post, like, 
it's unlikely, again, other than a few very sensitive social issues, right? It's unlikely to cause major havoc for your brand. Worst case is it's, it's awkward and it falls flat. Mm, and that's where we see brands really struggle. And I think that would be my, my answer to your question is um, brands, I think most, most CMOs now understand that we're no longer in the advertising era. You now mm. need to be talking with your customer and brands are trying to show up as a cool brand. Mm. The watch out, which again is not fatal, but I think it's where a brand struggle is. You just show up awkwardly, right? Interesting. Um, and it just seems really out of place. Like you're kind of trying too hard. You know, everybody wants to be Duolingo, but there is a bit of a <laughs> finesse to hit the yes. right, you know, tonal. Yes. Uh, and, and so that, that can be a little bit tricky, but yeah. mm-hmm. we do encourage brands to take a risk, try things. Cause that's ultimately how Duolingo didn't start like that. They tried a lot of things and right. they found their groove, right? So we only have a few seconds left, but I'm curious, do you do anything Super Bowl-esque or mm. is that something you stay away from? Mm. Uh, we do a little bit. And, you know, the, the social con- – we're really socially native, but the social conversation around the Super Bowl continues to be uh, a huge and increasing part of the conversation. So there's a lot of opportunities. So there's a lot of Taylor Swift in your recent campaigns or no? <laughs> she, yeah. And, and you know, I think to the point about social listening, right, Taylor Swift is a great example. And we've done some great things for our clients where the news is buzzing about Taylor and Travis and something. Mm, and mm. how do we get the brand in that conversation? Ah, right? And right. That, those are low-hanging fruit for brands that are listening and ah. Ready to be agile yes. to get a lot of buzz and attention and show up as a cool brand. Nice. Yeah. She's wearing a lot of jewelry, a lot of clothing, yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. small brands. She's, she's her own economy. Yeah, she's really doing a good job. Well, yeah. Evan, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to find out more information about you and everything going on at Movers and Shakers? Yeah, thanks. Movers and Shakers is our website, moversshakers.co. And uh, you can learn more about us, watch our sizzle video on our homepage. But see some case studies and how we got to our 250 billion views. Wow. wow that's Congratulations. pretty impressive. That's very impressive. <laughs> Thanks Thank a you. lot for being with us again. We'll talk to you in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe sooner. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we have time for today. And we'd like to thank our producers, Dion Simpkins and Dana Cash. We're here every Wednesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We replay our show several times throughout the week. And you can f- follow our show and our podcast at Knowledge at Wharton, where we highlight all the podcasts that we're doing at uh, for Wharton. But you can also follow Business Radio at SXM Business for information about all our programming on the Business Channel. Thank you all for listening today. We'll be back next week. Till then, this has been Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn, here with America's Read, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.